Hello, this is Crystal Clear, the podcast. Welcome back. Today's episode is Daddy Lessons. Thanks, Beyonce. Crystal Clear, the podcast where clarity is the goal, clarity in choices, clarity in life, just being clear on who you are and where you want to be. Usually I say just being clear with who I am and where I desire to be, but I want you to have clarity too. Crystal Clear is my affirmation. So let's jump right in. So the reason I wanted to talk about daddy lessons today or why I titled the podcast that is because um, two two reasons. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta is currently having an issue where Candy uh, Burris, uh, her child's father, her oldest child's father is um, currently experiencing an issue with her by, with her dad and he's trying to enter her life. It's kind of confusing how and why all of a sudden or what happened when they were in contact and, and not really clear, but she reached out on Instagram to like her followers and was just basically like, if you have any advice in regards to this, cause I don't know what to do. Um, you know, basically reaching out because she really doesn't know what to do in the situation. I don't either. Uh, my situation is different even though it involves me not knowing my father and I met him when I was 26 or whatnot and I think this man has been in this child's life off and on and now she's 13 and so it's really different but it made me think about it because you know the lack of presence is the lack of presence so there it is so um I met my daddy at 26 And it all, you know, was really random how it happened. My mom was talking to my uncle one day and he basically said, um, give, you know, Crystal the number. Her dad said she could call if he wants to, if she wants to. And, um, mom said, here, that's the number. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) And, you know, me being the person I am, I don't ask a lot of questions. Like, I know how I feel right away about most things. I may not be able to verbalize those feelings, and I might have made up a word, but bear with me. Um, I might not be able to put words to those feelings, but I kinda can identify exactly what I'm feeling right away. So I was more excited, a little anxious, when I have the number in my hand. Like, I don't recall ever meeting this man. People have asked me questions about him. I always knew that um, my biological father was somewhere out there. Um, my stepdad has been around since I was five years old. And then I had uncles who I consider my godfathers and whatnot who've always been present. So I've always had a male figure in my life, but not a dad I can call my own. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I do not feel like I missed out a great deal. Or I did not feel like I missed out a great deal until I actually met him. And um, I'll explain why later. But yeah, so it was really random. I was really nervous and kind of excited because I knew I was going to call him right away. At this point, I wasn't mad. I was just kind of like curious. And I wasn't going to ask those questions. Like the first thing I was, the first thing I was going to say to my daddy was not going to be, where you been? Like clearly, (laughs) clearly clearly there's been a lot of time in between us and that's not the first question I want to ask you but how are you and 
yeah, like, what's life been like? You know, I just didn't want to start it off that awkwardly. Not that he doesn't owe me anything. Not that he does owe me anything. I just didn't have any negative feelings in regards to him not being there. I feel like I turned out all right without him, despite, you know? So that was that. First conversation was kind of awkward. Well, I dialed the number, and here's the thing. Um... I wasn't really, I wasn't really scared if he was going to answer the phone or not. None of that. Because I figured, like, um, he missed my life for the most part. So if he misses this call, I could grant him the, you know, the, the permission to call me back when he gets, you know, when he sees he misses a call. Because, as you know, I'm his daughter. However, I've never called him before. So my number is going to come up as unknown. And a lot of people don't answer unknown phone numbers. So I was kind of entering the situation, understanding that I was a stranger. Okay. So I feel like I was being pretty reasonable. And um, that was that. I was going to be reasonable about it. And I'm going to call this man and we're going to talk and we're going to talk. So I don't really remember our first conversation, but I know it was fairly friendly. I probably laughed a few times. It was, you know, good to hear his voice. And we didn't really talk that long, that long or whatever. But it was just different. And it kind of made me happy, you know, so I could just say I actually have a dad. And, yeah, he exists. And I'll see him. I think we might have saw each other that day or the next day. I don't really remember. But it wasn't long after that because you know we both had vehicles and basically on the same side of town come to find out we've always been been within like 15 minutes of each other and the first thing we both said when we laid eyes on each other was I've never seen you before now that's the biggest duh of life but I guess you know I always felt that maybe I had seen my dad before but because I didn't remember what he looked like and I had no pictures to reference that I wouldn't have recognized him. And I felt the same, like, even if he didn't have pictures of me, I look so different, maybe he wouldn't recognize me. I I, I do kind of imagine, like, if somebody looks too much like you, that they would catch your attention. But, you know, people look similar all the time, and I don't know how that pans out, but I don't imagine just because somebody looks like you, you run up on them saying, I am your papa. You know, so <laughs> I just, I guess that makes us, you know, bond immediately because we both acknowledge that we probably had the same idea that we were probably seeing each other in passing, but we didn't. And especially finding out that we live so close to each other, like all my life, he was less than 15 minutes away. It's even crazier. And like currently where my mom stays and where he lives, like less than five minutes away. So craziness. But nonetheless, we met And, you know, talking to him felt really natural. Like, this is really your dad. Like, you have spent less than, like, an hour with him, and y'all are just alike. And so I got to see all my bad habits, all my good habits, all my good genes, all my weird genes, like, right there before me. Kind of helped me understand who I was. So I feel like that's true whether you want to accept it or not if you're somebody who didn't get to know your father or never met your father or one of your parents they do they do complete you in a sense where it helps you identify with everything about you because a lot of times you can't see who you are you know just you know being yourself and dealing with people you know and love and you know strangers or whatever just being who you are you can't see who you are necessarily 
But when you can see and look at somebody who you've never met before, yet they're your father and you see these qualities and things, because you're paying attention to them because they're like new to you, you see it and it comes full circle and you understand yourself better, better immediately. You just like, oh my God, that is why I am like I am. I've been blaming my mom for all of this, all this time. And she has nothing to do with it. It's all him. But yeah. So that was cool. It was it was nice. And even still to this day, like when we talk or when we hang out, it's really cool. It's really nice. I really appreciate knowing him. And it's all good. No hard feelings. I love him. But we're not that close. <clears throat> Just when we hang out, we see each other, we talk, we're close. But as far as like how often we speak, how often we see each other, we're not that close. My reason for that is pretty basic, not trying to be ugly. It's just the way things worked it out, work just the way things work themselves out. You didn't make a priority to know me in your life or have me in your life, whatever. And so I'm not making a priority for you in my life at this time. And it's really, really weird because my husband was not excited about my dad entering my life this late in the game. One, you know, all the bad scenarios. He could be a user. He can be a bad person. He can try to, you know, just die right away. So you know him for five minutes and then he up and die. And, you know, you're hurt. And, you know, just different, just negative scenarios, really. But he's just being protective because that's who he is. And then you think about it and you're just like, hey, um... I basically know my husband longer than I know my dad. So if they were to meet and my dad doesn't like him, it doesn't even matter because my husband holds more weight than you. <laughs> so you kind of just don't like have to like him or whatever. But that's not the point. But it was like, it's weird when you think about it. Like, this is crazy. But yeah, so... That's my situation right there. So my husband wasn't excited about it. And, you know, I, you know, understood, you know, where he was coming from or whatever. Because he had his mama and his dad. And he feels like any man that missed out on such a beautiful woman, you know, like they cheated themselves. And, you know, he didn't deserve to, you know, get any of my attention at this point. And like I said, I understand where my husband is coming from. However, like I'm, I'm just a loving, forgiving person. And I don't have to hold it over his head because I can imagine how tough his life has been knowing that he had a child out there that doesn't know him. Plus, I have brothers, one in particular, that is very serious about, you know, knowing his siblings. And I know he didn't give him a break. He's like counting all 20 of us. <laughs> I don't know if it's 20, but... He's like, every time we're in the same room, like he's listing all the siblings. And I know that has to be like, uh, not a good feeling for my dad. Cause like, where are all these people that you brought into this world or assisted with bringing into this world? And where are they? And why don't we know each other? And it's kind of weird. Cause at this point I don't have to know them. Like I'm happy to know you. I'm not opposed to meeting all siblings. But it's not necessary. Like, when you come in, it's late in the game. It's just not necessary. But we'll get there. So, <clears throat> we talk a couple of times. And I finally started to ask him, where were you? 
because I had the question. It just wasn't going to be my first question. Where were you? And it was really something like, I lost contact with your mother. I didn't know where she was. Um, I didn't know how to get in contact with her. And we lost contact. Point blank, period. Uh, long story short, um, his mom kept me when I was a very, very young baby. So at some point, there was some closeness between the families when I was a younger child. People who used to work with my mother um, would ask me about my father and I would tell them about my stepdad and they're like, no, you're real dad. And I'm just like, okay, I don't know him. And they look at me all sideways, like, what you mean? And I'm just like, what do you mean? And it, it just a lot of things started coming up to where my father was around. I just don't have recollection of it. So it kind of just made you ask me ask questions. And so I didn't want to ask my mom because I don't ever want her to think that she didn't do enough. But since the opportunity presented itself, I'm going to ask my dad. So I started asking him and, and his excuses were okay at first. And so I kind of ran about my mom and, you know, of course she was like, no, that's not. And, you know, you know, I didn't want to, you know, put them up against each other and have them debating on how, you know, they fell off and why I got lost in the sauce sauce or whatnot but it, it is what it is and so he we start talking more and more and I start telling him things about things that I experienced in life and and he would tell me stuff like oh I heard about that and I'm just like let me stop you right there how did you hear about that and then he has to tell me that him and my uncle have always bumped into each other throughout the years but what happened to the fact that you didn't know how to contact me because if you're bumping into my uncle you know you have a child with his sister I know this question has come up are the inf the information was easily accessible like what do you mean so that made me start asking the question even more so, like, what happened? Where were you? And so it kind of got a little deeper to where he would explain that, yeah, we all went to the same church and I kind of knew that too, but you know, I wanted him to tell me. We all went to the same church. He didn't like the church. He eventually left. My mom stayed and um, yeah. And so that made me ask, okay, so, if y'all went to the same church, that church that y'all went to together is still there. You know the type of church it is. They're there every Sunday. Monday. Every other Monday, maybe. I don't. They're there every Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday. Okay? At some point, I feel as though it was very easy to figure out where I was and how I was doing. So these, this is what's going through my head. Like this is rational, logical, you know, pieces of information. Like you're putting it together and it's like, you knew where I was. You knew exactly where I was. Why didn't you come see me? Like you didn't even come sit in the back of the church and I have to randomly awkwardly get introduced to you because you're just there. That never happened. Where were you? Why didn't you try there? Quit telling people you didn't know where I was. You knew exactly where I was. Where 
were you. I don't want to make him feel bad. It was never my heart to make him feel bad. You can't go back and change the past. But I wanted to understand after you're talking to my uncle about me over the years and my uncle's telling you the stories he gets you know because he doesn't know everything about me he's not there every day of my life but he knows more than you so you can tell him some stories and the things that he do know he's telling you but where are you you know and it's it's so weird and it doesn't make me mad it just kind of hurts my feelings like you had opportunities and when you're around your family and everybody asks what happened what happened and why I'm just not learning about you, you tell them, I lost contact with a mother. And that's not true. So why do you default to that lie when you know the truth? You have been bumping into my uncle for years. Every time you see my uncle, you remember his sister and you remember your child. That happened every time, every single time. How come this last time, I guess you know it's years. You, you still remember after 26 years that you got a child with this man's sister. How come now? You're just now allowing, you know, exchanging information to where I can reach out to you if I wanted to. So I guess I asked the question enough. And every time I would ask the question, he would dig deeper. And he would say stuff like, you know, I didn't want to step on your stepfather's toes. I didn't want to, you know, you know, go against what your mother wanted. And he would kind of, you know, make it like he was being reasonable with somebody else and kept his distance for for reasons that you know may or may not be an issue but just to be considerate and he trusted my mother would take good care of me and you know with some of his other children he had to be you know more present because he didn't trust their mothers just different stuff like that and none of this is satisfying me none of this is giving me the answer I want to hear because it's nothing. It's 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 be it's bullshit for lack of better words. It's not real. Like you're not being honest with me right now. What kept you from your child? You he told me a story about when I guess he lost contact with my mother, whatever happened with that. I don't really know that story. I don't I don't really know. I just know they had some disagreements, they weren't gonna work out. He liked women, my mama wasn't having it, whatever. And he tells me how heartbroken he was about, you know, I guess the relationship and not being able to be with his child. And then his mother eventually died. And, um, you know, he just had to deal with it, you know, like not knowing me and that I was supposed to be the last child. And like that's he I had his heart, even though he didn't get to be with me. And then he ended up having a son um, after me with another woman. And he was in that little boy's life. So I guess he looked at it like, you know, he got a chance to be a father to someone else. And that's beautiful. It is. And I'm glad he got to do that. So that can mend his heart because losing a mother and a bad breakup, like I imagine that's tough. However, where were you? <laughs> so I never got the answer I was looking for. I never got it. He didn't have it. And if he does have it, he can't deal with it. But from what I gather, he was afraid of rejection. He cannot handle putting himself out there to see what belonged to him, a child that belonged to him. And I reject him, 
or he be told that he can have nothing to do with me for whatever reason. But he was afraid of, you know, just being rejected. Rejection kept a father away from his child. I know there's a million stories that kind of end up being that way where either that wasn't enough money, they couldn't pay child support or they just wasn't ready for that responsibility or they didn't think they were good enough. Their father wasn't there. So they didn't know how to be a father. Just a million different things. And what my father told me by telling me what he could tell me or what he truly felt in his heart was an uh, actual answer that I should accept because this is what he believes to be true. What he did tell me is you were afraid of rejection. You were afraid of rejection. So on my end, it became really clear. Like once you get like (laughs) in kindergarten, you realize that you don't know who your father is. You know, there's a lot of men and you know who those men's children are. Like, you know, you know who they belong to and they don't belong to you. And, um, you kind of realize like you, you don't know who your daddy is. And so you don't know who he is. So you, you expect for him to pop up one day and then you, um, expect to see him randomly or maybe he's going to figure out where you are or look you up and, you know, show up to your house and apologize for being rude, but he just really needed to meet his child or whatever. Just find a way to meet you and, you know, know what he's been missing out on. And, uh, I imagined like, like every little graduation, like from elementary, from middle school, even high school, I imagine this man popping up and, you know, being sad, but proud, you know, I guess I always knew he was in the background somewhere. Like, cause like if he just didn't care at all or whatever, like, why would I imagine he pops up on one of these big events and, you know, want to see me and give me a hug and possibly give me roses? Like why? So I guess in, I guess in my heart, I knew he wasn't too far. No, I didn't know anything actually, but that's I'm when I'm thinking about it right now, it's like maybe a part of me kind of felt him or knew he was somewhere where he could just pop up and experience one of those occasions with me. So that's where I'm pulling that in at. So yeah, it was really sad to, you know, accept that you didn't get to experience your father because he was afraid of rejection. And I kind of gave him a speech like, Hey, you know what? When something is yours, when it belongs to you, you have to go get it. You, you can't make up these excuses to why you can't, you just know it belongs to you. So you should have came after me. I was like, dad, like I wanted to meet you. If I would have knew you and my dad, they couldn't have stopped me. They wouldn't have been able to stop me. I wanted to know who my dad was. I wanted my own dad. Like, I, nobody would have stopped me. No, one soul. In fact, I remember giving my cousins, like, sermons because they were, you know, 
their parents were separated. They knew their father, but you know, he didn't, they didn't get to see him as much as they probably wanted to, but they knew who he was and they saw him often enough to be able to point him out in the crowd. So I would just give them like, you, you know who your dad is. You know, he may not be that great, but you know who he is. That's something. That is something, you know? And <laughs> I'm pretty sure today, you know, it matters, you know, but you know, at that point it didn't, you know, cause everybody's situation as far as like how, you know, they relate to their parents and their experience, you know, is their situation or whatnot. But I just wanted to know what he looked like. Honestly, honestly, I don't think mom had any pictures of him to show me. My, all my sister could tell me is that he wore bell bottoms. <laughs> In fact, like she used to make fun of me because my daddy had bell bottoms and I didn't know anything about her dad, you know, cause she's nine years older than me. And all I should tell her about her dad is he had a big nose and I, I didn't know that, but you know, I had to have some kind of come back and you know, sometimes she made me cry when she told me my daddy wore bell bottoms. Cause by the time I knew what fashion was, bell bottoms were not in. So that was embarrassing. And it was like, don't say that about my daddy. I don't know. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> that was weird. Um, I just, I just, I just could not get over the idea that all he could think of was negative things which kept him away from me. That's all he could think of. He could not see his way to that church through those doors in a pew to spot out somebody who looks like me. And when I say we look alike, we look alike. I'm one of those little girls who look like her daddy. That's who I am. And um, if I am any, if anybody would consider me to be vain, it's his fault. And, um, yeah, yeah. And <sighs> I just wanted to know who he was. And so if you're trying to figure out what lesson did my daddy teach me, basically he, he taught me that, um, the fear of rejection is, um, illogical. And, um, but it's a really real feeling cause I know I've been afraid to, you know, ask for things or do things because I didn't want to be rejected. I, I know exactly what that's like, but I also know what it's like to be the child longing for this relationship. So my dad taught me is no matter how fearful you are about what you want no matter how many obstacles stand in front of you and in between what you long for what's breaking your heart because you don't have what you feel like you're missing that peace that you need that hole in your heart that you've cried about that thing that you know stretch you out the most it doesn't let you rest the very thing 
you fear will reject you is longing for you. My daddy taught me how to face it. How to accept it. Because I can't miss. I can't miss out on something that I need. Because more than likely, it needs me more. Yeah. Yeah, so my dad taught me a lot. He taught me a lot. I appreciate him for that. Um, I tried to call him this week a few times. We talked very quickly. He was kind of busy or whatever. I kind of, I didn't want to tell him I was going to do this, but I kind of just wanted to fill him out and see if I would be comfortable telling him that I wanted to do this. But um, I love him. I really do. I appreciate the experiences that we have had. And I am a greater person just from knowing him. In the short time that I have, you know, gotten to know him and I appreciate what he's taught me about myself, you know, because I'm a lot like him. We're taking a break right now. If you would like to reach Crystal Clear, please email me at thecrystalclear at gmail.com. That is T-H-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L-C-L-E-A-R at gmail.com. Email me. Yeah. So, what else do I want to talk about? <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, Christmas parties. I've already had my first Christmas party with my spouse's uh, job. It wasn't like a company-wide Christmas party, but it was like uh, an office through a Christmas party. My husband got invited, so did I. And uh, <laughs> it was really fun. And, you know, just from... Just for me doing this, I guess I'm a little more social. My goal is not to be more social per se, but to communicate better. Ooh, and um, we had to do this catchphrase game. And um, that was like, oh my God, it mm, nerve wracking. Because not only do you have to think on your feet, you have to do it quickly. And if you're someone who has been very awkward in groups, and uh you know kind of you know quiet and introverted or whatever this is a nightmare so needless to say i didn't do that well there were some that are pretty easy that i couldn't you know get that i couldn't you know actually make worse than what they needed to be but there were some that i just didn't do well and you know my husband is not that great <laughs> no he's great he's just not that nice and he's like, oh, yeah, what did that, how, what were you describing? And he was doing just as bad, but of course he doesn't see that. But yeah, he just picks on me. And um, yeah, so I was just like been thinking about that and, you know, beating myself up. Like he could have just said a uh, three-letter word, starts the sentence. And there's a, you know, just you're thinking of things that would have made things easier. Because my playback, my, ah, my playback is like crazy so basically anything that I go through that is different that is not like your normal running the mill um activity that you do daily your you know your usual routine anything that I do different that catches my attention and I have to kind of stop and think about I replay later and I replay it as me being a cooler person <laughs> that doesn't stumble over my words, that doesn't stumble over my words and 
doesn't, you know, come off as awkward or, you know, doesn't get cut off guard, kind of just sails through it. It's smooth. It's easy. It's cool. And, you know, that person leaves the situation refreshing and they're just like, oh, who's that girl? She's something, someone to know. And it never works out that way. And even if the interaction isn't even bad, like I still replay it like oh you could do something different or what do they think about that or oh did I come off as rude or did I come off as anxious like what you know just be just making myself crazy basically about my interactions and whatnot and I feel like it's normal so I'm not really beating myself up because I know I'm not the only one that does that however like it still comes back to haunt me and I do cringe And all I can hope is that they understand that I'm a good person. But for me, it's kind of hard. Like, it's really hard to go around your husband's people because they can think a certain thing about him and he could be really, really great. And then they meet you and you're not as great. I don't know. Like, maybe that's not the case. And maybe it's just me being hard on myself. But this time was easier. I can honestly say usually... It's a lot harder. I'm way more nervous. I'm way more reserved, way more quiet. And this time I can feel myself relaxing into myself, being more comfortable and just, you know, easy talking to people. And, you know, just I felt myself being more comfortable and that was great. And I, you know, give me doing this on the podcast, talking to my three, four followers, you know, appreciate them. You guys are making me stronger keep it up um (laughs) so yeah I I give this credit because it is helping me open up and feel better about my interactions with people it's also a communication thing so I want to talk clearer I want to speak clearer I want to be able to effectively explain myself I feel like confidence comes from that too like if you know you don't you know have the words you really want to explain it does make you you know a little bit more you know standoffish because you don't want to stand in front of somebody and bumble over your words because even if they're not judging you you're going to judge yourself in the playback so yeah this is all about me just being okay with who I am and communicating better and getting more comfortable and the catchphrase game that also tells me I need to watch more tv I need to travel more I need to read more books more books more books I need to listen to more music. I need to watch more sports because I need to be, you know, ready to just, you know, give these hints off. So next time I'm playing, my team wins. So, and also if Catchphrase doesn't have a um, updated edition, if you're out there, Catchphrase, update your game. All right. So, um, yeah, what else? Oh, 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 oh. Oh my God, I'm so excited about this. This might not be a big deal at all, but I am excited. So while getting ready for this party, this Christmas party, um, something tells me, get some socks. So the Christmas party is at someone's house. Something tells me to bring socks. So I could have wore boots because it was kind of cold, but I didn't want to wear boots. I bought some gold loafers, so I wanted to wear my gold loafers. I had some gold accessories on. I was going to be cute and that gold was going to be like in my holiday pizzazz. Because I don't want to get dressy, but whatever. 
I want to be comfortable, but whatever. But something says, if you're going to wear those gold loafers, ma'am, you're going to need some socks because you're not wearing your socks with loafers, even though it's cold. But yeah, you're not wearing socks and loafers. So, because, you know, the whole point of the look is your sock, you're not having socks on with loafers. So, yeah, I don't have to explain this to you. This is not what this station is about or this podcast is about. But yeah, something said, bring some socks. I almost forgot to. It reminded me. I put some socks in my purse. We get to this house. We walk in. We say hi. And the guy says, yeah, we're a no-shoe house. You can put your shoes in your bags and your sweaters over there. I look. I see a lady there with nicely pedicured feet and toes, barefoot. (laughs) And I'm just like, okay, I brought my socks. (laughs) And in that moment, I was so proud of myself, my intuition. I heard it. I listened. I was prepared. So exciting. So I proceeded to to tell everyone. Oh, I just knew. I just knew to bring my socks. Don't know how. I just did. Like a weirdo. But I kept saying it because I was so proud of myself. I kept bringing it to my husband's attention. Kept pointing at my socks. Now, mind you, these are some little glittery monkey socks with gray and pink and purple stripes in them but whatever and I had on like army green and cream and brown Uh, it didn't go in my outfit but my toes weren't exposed okay and I am excited about that and I feel really proud and I feel really connected I feel really clear like I heard it clearly it stopped me in my tracks and I was able to do something because I just knew it was right in my soul <laughs> oh my god. I don't know why that is making me so happy, but oh my goodness, it makes me so happy. And then I've just been seeing memes about it. Like her intuition was her favorite superpower. And I'm just like, yes. I'll calm down. Okay. So guys, if you ever had an experience where you listened or you, you, you caught on to your intuition and you heard it and you actually did what you felt and it worked out for you and you got your confirmation, please tell me. I can be reached at the crystalclear at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-C-H-R-I-S-T-A-L-C-L-E-A-R at gmail.com email me i want to hear your story because if it's as cool as mine then you're super cool anyway yeah that made me so so happy and yeah christmas parties social engagements like do them even if you're a weirdo even if you're awkward just do them put yourself in the experience just so you know you can get used to it because i feel like if i had been to more parties where they played games i would be better prepared and wouldn't be all you know nervous about you know interactions and putting yourself on the spot because when we were in Houston I remember playing games like that and we killed it and you know I guess there there is something about being in your home at you know in your home base opposed to being somewhere different like this is my husband's you know this is where he's most comfortable because he's from here and Houston is where I'm most comfortable because I'm from there. So maybe he felt like I felt when we were in Houston, you know, for like 10 years before he was able to move back and, you know, you know, with his with his company and for his career. So, yeah, that's the episode today. I'm in better moods. I am happy. 
Monday is going to be a beautiful day and so is the rest of the week and happy holidays and hopefully I get some new followers. Nice to meet you. Hi and happy holidays to you too. And I believe I'm going to do my 2016 wrap up next week. I'm planning on it and um, I've been looking forward to my 2016 wrap up. If that doesn't give you a gauge and me wanting to wrap this year up already. But yeah, I, I respect 2016. I'll tell you that much. Thank you for listening to Crystal Clear, the podcast. Goodbye. All right. Thank you for listening to Crystal Clear, the podcast. That was episode three. Look for me on Mondays. Thanks. Bye-bye.